0: Welcome to episode number two of season number three of Musicians for Mental Health. On this podcast, we speak with musicians about mental health openly and honestly without the veil of lyrics. We are not mental health professionals. We are not licensed therapists or counselors. We are people who have our own personal experiences with mental health and want to shed light on these things. On this episode, I have an incredible conversation with Emmy Mack of the band Red Hook. Um, If you're not familiar with them, you need to go check them out. They are an Australian group. Uh, They fit in a few different boxes, but for broad stroke purposes, they are a pop punk and heavy band. Um, And Emmy and I had an incredible conversation. Huge shout out for her um, doing this and being so open and vulnerable um, and honest about her story. Through this conversation, we touch on subjects such as uh, trauma recovery, imposter syndrome, um, the feeling of not having the right words for someone that is struggling or going through heavy or dark times. Um, And we spoke about the sexual abuse uh, experience that Emmy had and how that kind of How she processed it, how it went for her through, you know, years of of kind of hiding it and not bringing it to light. And then when she did decide that she wanted to write a song to empower others, how it actually kind of helped her. Um, It's an incredible conversation and I do want, you know, everyone to listen to this, but at your own pace. Um, obviously, some of these topics get kind of heavy. They can be triggering for some. Um, so as you listen, be conscious of, of your thoughts and, you know, take a break if you need to. But let's dive into this conversation that I had with Emmy Mac of the band Red Hook. Uh, so to... to introduce you for anyone that maybe isn't a, a listener already or hasn't heard of you. Let's do the kind of standard introduction and, and background. Who are you? And just, you know, that short, why am I here type of thing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> why am I here? Oh,
2: the <laughs> ultimate question. <laughs> um, well, hi, my name is Emmy. I'm from a band called Red Hook from Sydney, Australia. We're an independent heavy ish band um yeah we've been doing this for a couple of years and we're just about to release our debut album which is really exciting
0: yeah and it's dope uh i've got the advanced copy so i i don't know if edder can tell exactly how many times i've streamed it but it's somewhere around 100 like oh my god it has been on repeat all the fucking time
2: josh thank you so (laughs) much man that's sick
0: yeah it is it's such a good album and i i can't wait for people to hear it and I think that's kind of where I want to start this with you so that we can kind of ease into some of our topics and things like that. Um, Let's talk about, you know, the the writing process and kind of building up this body of work um, to tell, not necessarily a conceptual album by any means, like it's not following a character or story per se, but it's very clearly a diary entry if you will and exposing your life what was that like for you to kind of put this all into words
2: um yeah totally it's um i mean in terms of the process this this album kind of came together kind of in dribs and drabs and it is a diary entry but it's it's interesting because different songs are kind of written about sort of different points in my life and different things i've gone through uh, over the past, I guess, like, maybe like four or five years um, <laughs> where a, yeah. a lot has changed. So it's, um, and I mean, yeah, I guess the concept of of mental health and different kind of mental health struggles sort of runs through the DNA of this album in different ways and I guess, like, from different angles. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting, like, um, for instance, the title track, Postcard, um. It, it's really strange to be kind of like releasing that now because I wrote some of the lyrics and um, like the whole concept of the song when I was like like at rock bottom, just at right. absolute rock bottom. So it's, yeah, it's, um, it's strange, but it's also nice to be like kind of, like you said, at like as if it was a diary entry or like a snapshot of like a really dark time in my life, putting that out there. But now sort of having come through that and, you know, everything's so much better and, and just kind of looking back and it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, um, it, it's cathartic and it's also like hopeful uh, and I hope, yeah, I, I hope that that kind of translates to people that listen to it.
0: Yeah, I, I think it definitely will. And, you know, um, the album's called Postcard from a Living Hell which I thought was an Im- incredible title, especially after hearing it, because like, again, I'm 38 years old. I've, you know, battled mental health m- as long as I can remember, you know? And to me, the, the kind of like symbolism with that of like, hey, I'm, I'm in a living hell, but I'm still sending out these postcards to let people know I'm, I'm still here. I'm still, you know, checking <laughs> in. And it was like, man, you know, like how real is that?
1: yeah
2: yeah I really um I I thought I was really happy with the title I think it really encapsulates that kind of and also and I guess that's kind of the the vibe with like a lot of our songs as well and especially me like in terms of my lyrics like um you know I can write stuff that's really 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 dark but then at the same time a a lot of the time there's still that kind of element of of trying to laugh at it and kind of Because in a weird, in a weird kind of fucked up way, like at least for me, I've found, you know, where like I've got quite a dark sense of humor. And even when I, when I talk about, um, I might do this today when we're having conversations, when I'm talking about really, really traumatic stuff, like one of my kind of like ingrained defense mechanisms is to just make jokes and laugh about Mm -hmm. it. Because in a way it kind of, it it kind of makes it feel like it's got less power over you when you can laugh at it. You know what I mean?
0: absolutely and that reminds me of a meme i saw a while back that said um i hate when i'm telling or it's always ironic when i'm telling a traumatic story that i don't realize is traumatic until i tell it and then somebody has that look on their face and you're just like oh oh i'm supposed to be hurt by this whoops
1: (laughs) oh whoops (laughs) what's wrong with my brain
2: i love that you always leave it to memes to be able to (laughs) skewer the human the human condition yeah
0: it it is incredible. And I think, you know, I want to say back to your lyric writing and, and whatnot. Um, I think the thing we kind of touched on it at the beginning, you know, with all of us being drawn to this type of music and and I think as much as I hate the gender difference and using that as, you know, oh, they're female fronted or whatever, like because ultimately it doesn't fucking matter. But I <laughs> think the big difference in this genre. When we talk about, you know, pop punk or heavy music, a lot of times the content that you're writing has been sung about from the male perspective, but it's typically the like, woe is me, like, oh, you know, she broke my heart, whatever. And the girl side of it is always, it's that, but it's so much more empowering the way that you write that stuff that it's like, yeah, this bad thing fucking happened, but oh, well, I'm, I'm going to rise up and move past this.
1: <laughs> that's
2: funny I've never really thought about that before um but yeah I mean I guess I, I guess that's definitely I guess when you yeah I guess like the cliche kind of like sad boy <laughs> <kind Right. laughs> of, like angsty emo heavy stuff mm-hmm. but, um yeah I mean it's interesting like when you talk about the gender thing um because one thing one thing that I found when I was growing up was because you know I'm like much like yourself but like mental health has been um you know always like a a, a sort of a, a constant sort of theme and, and right. thing that I've I've struggled with like over the years since I was a teenager and um I like a lot of you know in like a lot of interviews and stuff people always ask you about your influences you know it's like the the typical question right. but um I never really like in terms of like like female artists who influenced me um I I never really sort of I I never I never really found any of those kind of artists like there were I I there were never really any female artists singing about this Mm -hmm. type of stuff when I was growing up and so I didn't really there was it was you know it was all like you know like Avril Lavigne and it's like oh you know like I don't like your boyfriend like that (laughs) that kind of stuff like and and which is you know fun and it is what it is but like there was never really anything that really spoke to me and so I guess what I kind of I mean get want to be is like have that female voice for like girls like me that that struggle Mm -hmm. with this kind of stuff when they're growing up um to kind of yeah to show to kind I guess kind of normalize it because you know like I I did feel like a bit of a freak um you know, when when you're growing up and you don't have that kind of experience reflected in music from somebody who is, you know, you feel a connection with or you think, oh, they're like me and I didn't have that. So um, I guess, yeah, like putting these experiences that I've had into music, I kind of hope that that at least sort of provides that kind of uh, support or
1: you, you it, know, it goes just,
0: into kind of like the representation thing, right? Like
1: totally. never
0: been able to see yourself as that point in the music industry. And that's something else I wanted to touch on, especially with uh you partnering with Michaela, who is mm. tell. Uh, but you guys, especially the Aussie scene, let's be fucking honest. You guys, yours truly, uh, stand atlantic, Bonnie over there, like you girls uh, are killing it, and like it's finally. I think finally making this culture shift of, of oh, oh pop punk is a boy band type of genre and it's it's fucking not anymore and it's so cool to see.
2: Yeah, it's fucking rad man and like Bonnie, Bonnie and Mick, I, I love those two legends so much. They're both they both inspire me so much in, in different ways, and they're just both incredible humans, incredible artists. And I think it's funny, I was um so we're doing, doing a few interviews at the moment and like someone brought up the other day, um, like, you know, the thing, and like, we've had it so, so bad, which has always made me laugh. Like the Paramore thing, mm-hmm. like, and I love Paramore. Paramore are amazing, but it's just like that kind of, when you're a female fronted band playing music that has guitars in it, right. um, regardless of, like, we were a new metal band when we, yeah. when we first started and we still got compared to Paramore, even though we were playing music that sounded more like, you know, Limp Biscuit and Linkin Park, but we still got the Paramore comparison, Um, which is, I mean, it's fun, but it's because like, you know, that band was was so, um, you know, influential and amazing. But the thing that I love now that we're having like this explosion of, you know, um, like female and femme identifying artists playing this music is I think for the next generation, that's, it's not gonna be the case. There's gonna be so many more, It's it's yeah, like it's not everybody's just not going to be comparing any female artists to this one band, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah. No. And I think I think it is incredible because there are you know doing a quick list, you know, there's you guys, yours truly, Stand Atlantic, Spirit Box, uh, Against the Current, like Concrete Castles. There are so many super talented and powerful voices in the scene now. That I think you're absolutely right. In the next generation, they're gonna look back and be like, oh, you sound like, well, you sound like late 2020s music. Okay, that's cool. Like, period. There's no (laughs) gender to it anymore because it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, and I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I'm really, yeah, it's really, it's a really exciting and beautiful time, I think, to be in this scene and playing this kind of music.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's touch on imposter with Michaela because again, she's fucking rad. She's been on the show a few times. Love that girl. Um, yeah. you guys had kind of an interesting uh, realization and and kind of an explosion of friendship come out of this song
1: (laughs)
2: yeah it was it was surreal man it was surreal because like Michaela and I have been friends like we've been friends for like a couple of years not like super super close friends but like we've been you know we've always loved and respected each other and um but and we always wanted to like she she um did some gang vocals on our song Bad Decisions from our Mm -hmm. debut EP but yeah we wanted to do we wanted to do like a proper collab and yeah this song it was one of my favorite songs off the album and i just thought her voice would sound amazing um and it was just crazy because when i sent her the song and sort of explained what is, it was about it was just like this holy shit moment where we realized that we were going through just like these parallel situations yeah. like which basically um uh TLDR going through breakups with you know people who had we found out had just been lying to us the entire time manipulating us the entire time and like pros and like just processing the head fuckery of that like who is this person like have they just changed or like who like was who this person that I have in my head did they even exist at all like and just it was just this insane experience of like pouring like that (laughs) confusion and trauma into this song together and it just yeah and it like I had no idea that it it just like it's having Michaela on this song and and the and bringing her voice and her experience and like the lyrics she added the different parts that she added just I don't even have words for it it was just it was just mind-blowing and it just made the song so much more special to me and you're right we kind of like we leave kind of just trauma bonded and like just became really really yeah close through the just through the process of yeah going through these experiences together and then also like Pouring those experiences into this song so it was it was strange and beautiful and amazing and yeah i love i I love the song that came out of it
0: yeah i i think it's obviously it's been taking off on streaming and and youtube and stuff like that i think it's definitely one of the songs that like is a clear single on the album um that being said though i think there's some sleepers that haven't been released yet that are going to blow people's fucking minds
1: Oh, thank you, man. That's yeah. like what
2: song what's uh, your favorite? For,
0: for me, it's inarticulate. That song
2: oh. fucking
0: is incredible.
2: Thank you so much. That yeah, that, that song is very, very special to me. it's yeah. a very it's a very, very personal song.
0: Yeah, it's it is so I do this thing, I advocate for it on the podcast all the time. That whenever somebody drops a new album, obviously you've already heard the singles, but you should run it front to back at least two to three times. That way you get, you know, you can feel where it's at, whatever. And on the very first playthrough, front to back, that song was the one that I went, oh shit, what was that? You know, like immediately wanted to find out what's the song name? What, you know, like, what am I coming back to? Um, It's just got such a, a crazy sleeper energy to it because you don't expect it to hit you as hard as it does
2: oh i'm I'm really that that makes you very happy to hear because yeah, that song that song is very, very dear to my heart,
0: yeah, yeah. it's it's absolutely insanely good. Um so let's talk about again, we've touched on it, but putting this work out with as personal as it is, how much of no pun intended with imposter being the song with Michaela because it's a different uh, variation of it. But how much imposter syndrome comes in where it's like, okay, I've got this this beautiful piece of artwork and I'm putting it out there and people are starting to react. And I'm just like, am I good enough? Like, do is this a sympathy thing? What's happening?
2: <laughs> uh, 100%, 100. Like imposter syndrome is uh, like, it is a very real part of my everyday experience being in a band. It, it's more just like,
1: <laughs> I had this,
2: I, like for me, it's re- it's this is gonna sound really cooked, but it's kind of like anytime, anytime I get like positive feedback or anybody like compliments me or compliments what we do, I'm like I fool them into thinking that I'm actually talented <laughs> right. and that I'm actually good at what I do. But oh, I better be careful because they'll find out that I'm a fraud. Like you know, yeah. it's cooked. It's cooked, and that's kind of um and we have there's a song on the album called the critic Mm -hmm. which is kind of related to that it's kind of like the whole premise of that song is like the critic is kind of like this metaphor for that little voice in our heads that tells us that that we're fake that we suck that you know we should just give up and it's um and that song is me just basically yelling at that little voice and it's like the the um the hook in the song is like, get off my radio. It's kind of just trying to turn yes. that voice down when it gets, cause you know, sometimes it's always there so it's always there in the background and like a lot of the time you can, you know, keep it, you know, right. muted or like turn the volume down. But sometimes, you know, we all have those times when we're like, when our mental health is, is a bit frayed or a bit worn down where it gets louder and it gets harder right. to kind of push it back down. Um, so yeah that's the imposter syndrome is very real
0: (laughs) yeah and and that's another song that i think is absolutely going to blow up i took it i mean it's cool that it's that way i took it more in a literal sense thinking about all the gatekeeping that happens with female artists and whatnot that maybe that was a producer or someone saying you know like (laughs) hey get her off the radio like she's she doesn't belong here But the message holds true yeah (laughs) and the message still holds true that it's still like okay fine you can say that but I fucking do belong here and I'm going to show you why
2: yeah for sure for sure and I mean there's a little bit of that in um our song say as well that's kind of that song is is me kind of giving it like a bit of a fuck you to to like all those gate gatekeepers and the, uh, all of the uh, misogynistic douchebags that I have encountered in this lovely industry over the years because there's yeah. been a few
0: <laughs> and it's one of those things that you know it's so unfortunately it's still so prevalent but it feels like it's still so stigmatized that when females or female presenting come forward with like Hey, this thing happened. People go, uh, well, did it though? Or like they play it off like it's not really a big deal. That's the norm. And it's like, okay, but just because it's normal doesn't mean it's not fucked.
2: Totally. Totally. And I think like I like, and I almost like it's it's so it's funny you should mention that. Cause when we cause Say was one of the singles of the album that we released, I think it was last year, and I mean, that was my kind of, you, you know, it's like kind of the, the Me Too movement was a couple of years ago now. Right. And it, when I was, re- when we were releasing this song, I was like, well, kind of, this is my sort of story and my experience, but it's like, does anyone still care? You know, like, it's, it's kind of yeah. like, is it old news? It's kind of like, and it's, which is a really fucked up way to think about it because it, it should ne- it should never be like that. And we should keep talking about this stuff because yeah. like you said, like, it's the same with like mental health, like it's not gonna get better it's the only way for it to, for society to improve and evolve is to keep having these conversations and just keeping like, oh, actually, no, nah, like, that's fucked. Right. <laughs> that should not be happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's differences between the US and Australia with a lot of that stuff, but, you know, the, the access to mental health care in general, you know, uh, putting some of my story out there for, for this, this is the first time I've talked about it, Um, I'm currently in the process of trying to get diagnosis and and things like that. And I started this process back at the beginning of February. My testing's not till the end of this month. I don't get results until the end of June. And it's like, we wonder why people don't seek help. It's because the help's not available.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, Man yeah that is so rough and g- first of all good good on you and i mean very it's like it's really brave of you to to even share that and and to be going through this process is is very very scary so that's incredibly brave and, and amazing that you are doing that and prioritizing that self-care for yourself um but yeah it it sucks like it sucks and it's like you know um you know depression and 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 those kind of like life threatening mental health issues uh, are an epidemic. Like it yes. is, you know. I don't know what the stats are in the US, but here in Australia, suicide is the leading cause of death, the number one cause of death for people. I think it's age between fifteen and fifty-five. Um, it's it's staggering.
0: Yeah, it's staggering. It's, and it's very similar here. It's the second mm-hmm. leading cause. This is the part of the stat that's super. Parts of the stat that are super fucked up. It's the second leading cause in the US. For ages 10 to 35. Oh, my God. And within that, the number one cause is accidents. So it's the number one preventable cause of death. And we do little to nothing about focusing on it
2: it's 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 like it, it's just mind-blowing it's it's just mind-blowing it, it's it, it's a hat and I mean it, yeah it's it's very very similar in Australia like I've you know so many heard so many stories of people like we do have I, th- I think the system is slightly better. We have like this. Um, I mean, like I think our healthcare si- no offense. I think our healthcare <laughs> system's just a little sure bit better. <laughs> so we, we have like there's a there's a scheme at least in New South Wales, which is the state where I'm from, where you can have like ten free sessions with a psychologist. But the problem that people have is it's so difficult to to find some like to find a psychologist who actually understands them and can help them and so what you get is people having to like you know go go see all these different doctors and just try and explain all of their trauma and everything that they're going through over and over and over again and that you know like when you're depressed it's hard enough to get out of bed and put your pants on in the morning right. let alone like you know <laughs> have, yeah. have, having to do this and jump through all of these hoops just to get care and to, and to get the help you need it's it's yeah the system is like the system is broken across the board and more definitely needs to be done and i don't understand why i don't it's just yeah it just feels like it's such a huge issue that affects so many people and you know is literally costing lives and it just keeps getting swept under the rug like it doesn't make any fucking sense
0: the the only logic i have found to it is that it's a generational issue in that the generation that is in control of government and policies currently is from Mm. the generation where you didn't talk about the uncomfortable stuff. You didn't, you never addressed it. So their solution is if we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. And Mm. we're in the generation coming through going, no, if we don't talk about it, it kills people.
2: Literally, yeah, a hundred percent yeah, we just, yeah, we just need a, a purge, like, all, like, that generation is seen to retire. Yeah. yeah. And this will take over.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I, and I don't know how it is in Australia for that, but, like, in the U.S., I mean, you can be in your 70s and be president, which blows my mind that, oh, you know what I mean, you're past retirement age, you're into nursing home age for a lot of people, but, yeah, you can control the, the country like uh, i don't think that's right
2: i know oh uh, it's, it's no it's very much the same same here like politics is still dominated by like um you know crusty white you know conservative boomers yep. um for the most part uh so yeah definitely definitely um there definitely needs to be a, a shift i think things are slowly shifting but it's still yeah those the sort of bastions of power still still lie within those same like dinosaurs that it that it always has
0: well and i i just looked it up as of january 23rd or sorry january 30th 2023 for the u.s congress the average age is 57.9 years old
1: (laughs) as an average
0: which means there's so many that are fucking older than that um, and on the list, I have at home. <laughs> yeah, like literally one oh of the guys, I
1: mean. one of
0: the, sorry, one of the ladies uh, from California is 86 years old. What the fuck are you doing in Congress?
1: <laughs> that, wow,
0: that
2: blows my mind. And I mean, like, look not to be an like not to be ageist but it's just right <laughs> uh, it, 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 it is it is the reality that like the majority like the majority of people who are in politics and are that old have these views that are so backwards and refuse to engage with issues that are important now they just have this mindset they're like this is how things were when I was growing up this is what I believe and it's just almost like they stick their fingers in their ears, and they don't want to they don't want to engage with anything else that's affecting and it's like and like you said like i mean you know we could again we laugh about it because it makes it feel less fucked for us (laughs) but it it literally is like that that kind of policy making is costing lives and like to a mind-blowing extent like it's you know it's it's really really fucked up when you think about it
0: yeah it's, it is beyond reason. I mean, there, there's no way, you know, like if you were to describe a utopian society or whatever, like there's no way that you would picture 86-year-old, you know, 90-year-old people in control of your government. It'd be whatever the national average age is, you know, and it'd be a like-minded body. And it, it's just it's crazy because I think it also it plays into obviously all the policies and laws um, surrounding mental health, but then which absolutely fucking insane to me. But in the U.S., suicide is illegal. Like it's it's a criminal activity. So I kill myself, but you're going to charge quote unquote charge me with a crime? Like I'm dead what crime yeah
2: (laughs) that's 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 insane and there's I mean yeah there's been a I mean there's one thing there's a lot of I mean we have a lot of organizations here in Australia that that have a high visibility and there's definitely been a move to sort of change the language around um around suicide um and I don't know I actually don't know if it's I mean I know the word suicide is still used a lot but and and like you know, the, the word itself is, is by definition a crime, which right. is, which is like, so, so bizarre, so bizarre. And, and it's important. I mean, language and the way that we talk about things is um so important and, and has, you know, has, a, has a real world, world impacts on, on the way that people understand it and, and the thing, the, the things that happen. Um. So yeah, they're just like, like just what we're doing right now just like having mm-hmm. like talking about it like this is there just needs to be more of this
0: yeah yeah by people <laughs> slightly more powerful than us because you know uh, <laughs> who are we <laughs> um, yeah. okay. but no I, I think you have a great point and I actually talk about the power of words a lot you know and I use it a lot when I'm talking about you know you see social media posts all the time that Oh, I'm depressed because I got a flat tire today, and it's like that's not what depression is. Yeah, you're, you're not, upset, yeah. you're sad, you're you're having a shit oh, day. Man. It's not depression, you know. And I think th- when we say stuff like that, it takes away the power of someone that has depression saying, "Hey, guys, I'm depressed." The mindset mm-hmm. and perception is now, "Oh, you're just having a bad day." Like, no, I'm yeah, fucking it, depressed. It really,
2: it, it really minimizes it. Yeah, you're so, you're so right yeah it's it, it, and it and I think um yeah it's 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 definitely I I think that that's definitely an issue as well like the way that we and especially especially the role that social media plays with people like reaching out and expressing mental health because I feel like a you know because some people it, it's it's really really hard I think a lot of people abuse social media f- for you know if they're just like looking for like looking for attention and stuff like that and then that also kind of because you you never know like when somebody when somebody does a post like that you're like okay are they in serious trouble or are they just like yeah it's it's and it's it's hard it's it's hard to know I mean I I always take this stuff very 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 seriously I, I mean um I've lost, I've lost so many friends to suicide and, um, you know, it's, it's touched my life in a, in a lot of really fucked up ways. Right. Um, So I, I think, I think we as a society do need to kind of take it seriously when, it, whenever anybody, yeah, whenever, whenever you notice that something's not right or if somebody's trying to reach out.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, something that I personally do when I'm make one of those posts and I'm trying to express, you know, the, the darkness or whatever it is, um, and I actually just recently did this with a post, I make sure, like, it starts off with, I am safe, you know, like, because yeah. you don't want to, oh, shit, like, is Emmy okay? Like, do I need to run over there? Like, no, I'm safe. I'm yeah. just trying to vocalize, you know? Yeah. Um, really? And I think there's there's a power in that, too, because it it also it's self-empowering because you can say I'm safe and then say all the stuff that's fucked up. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it, it gives you also a little power to the people that see it going, man, he's really going through some shit, but he's totally. safe. Like he's okay. Like let's figure that out.
2: Yeah. I think that that's, that's amazing. Like that's, that's really, really, that's really, really important. Cause I think, yeah, it's some sometimes when when people post that stuff, if they don't, yeah, it does like sort of trigger. Like especially for me, like it's just like oh fuck, yeah. like you know, and you're, you're you're just like scrambling to make sure that they're they're okay. So I think I think that's great. That's yeah. great because yeah, it, it like you know it gives people the opportunity to reach out to to make sure you're okay and just to to be there for support without like triggering panic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it might be like a life or death situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, especially here in the US, it's probably similar in in Australia, like, it's slowly getting better, certain areas are are pushing for more um, competency with this. But if, theoretically, if someone were to call the cops and say, hey, you know, I saw this post from Josh, and this is what's going on. He's talking about suicide or whatever, I'm worried. They're sending police officers, that's not fixing or helping a situation. Like, no. that is not, that's going to potentially exacerbate the situation beyond control.
2: Totally, totally. And yeah, I think just even, you know, even if they're really nice police officers, I right. think just sending the police to deal with, like, a mental health crisis is just not, it's, you know, like, it's it's just ingrained in us that the police are there when we've done something wrong as right. well. So it just reinforces that, that stigma. Um, yeah it's 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 really really hard I um but so you know, like you know we spoke about the song inarticulate before and mm-hmm. that's kind of I I wrote that that was okay so that that song is about my experience because I've I like I said I've, I've dealt with my own sort of like you know sort of at times life-threatening depression Yeah, and so we both know what that's like like we both have our own experiences with that but that doesn't necessarily mean if we have a friend and this is what I wrote this song about a friend of mine who is just like locked in the jaws of this like very very life-threatening depression and he had been in and out of you know like seeing different doctors and having different diagnoses for years and he was just at the end of his tether with it all and he was in serious danger he was not safe and that song was me like you know and I'd had so many conversations trying to like you know like saying all the things that we're supposed to say to try and get through and even though I had been in a similar situation myself and I knew what that experience was like for me it's that that you know that uh, like inarticulate like there was nothing I could say that could get through because you know sometimes it is so bad that there are no there's words alone aren't enough like sometimes and um in in that situation um all I could do was just you you just need urgent urgent Care like right. and I don't know if that's something you can do in the U.S. but here in Australia and and I say this to people because I've like like I lost a friend um, who you know like it, it, it was it kind of he'd never been depressed before in his life right he he was the happiest yeah. like yeah. successful amazing like person and then all of a sudden for the first time when he was like in his late 20s he just suddenly became depressed and it hit him like an aggressive cancer and it hit from when he first started feeling depressed three months later he was gone and yeah. it just came on so fast and so yeah I, I guess like m- my I, my advice to anybody who is in that situation or has a friend is just like get the fuck to hospital just go straight yes. just go to emergency if it's an if it's that much of an emergency just 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 go go there and then let and and, and again it might be different in the US but here in Australia you can do that if, if you're yep. somebody rather than calling the cops right take your friend to the to the fucking ER because and, and then you can sort it out from there and at least you'll be in a safe space with you know, not police <laughs> right. medical professionals who who can help help put a plan in place and 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 maybe you know get them to a some kind of facility that can that can help them on their on their road to 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 getting back to at least a place of safety,
0: yeah, for sure. and and that is absolutely an option here in the u s that you know, I, I don't know of a single hospital. I'm sure there's some out there. but, Realistically, no medical professional is going to turn you away if you walk in and say, This is the problem. Yeah. Um, and I do think that that is infinitely more powerful and effective than, Hey, the cops are at your door. They're going to put oh, you in handcuffs in the back of their car. Like,
2: not in lookup
0: should do the trick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, what the, what the fuck? That's not going to help me at all. Um, oh. <laughs> it, it is, it's insane. And, I think, you know, coming back to the, the power of words, I want to talk about uh, Jabberwocky and the story, because that is an incredibly powerful story. I've read the Rolling Stone op-ed that you did, um, which will be linked in this podcast as well, so that everyone else can read it. Um, walk through, you know, the mentality of, of Jabberwocky, which I thought was even pre-trauma event, it's a really cool story that you tell about like the connection that you've made with Alice in Wonderland and the Jabberwocky and like, yeah. I'm more powerful than this, this fake bird and whatever. Um, but then to, to see that reality that you've built kind of waste away because of someone else um, obviously is insanely difficult to deal with.
2: Yeah, it was, Um, I mean, it was, it was really, it was really bizarre that i kind of like that my brain returned to that metaphor of the jabberwocky to express this story because it was just this really bizarre like version of alice in wonderland i think ringo starr was in it that used <laughs> to just be whenever i was like i feel like whenever i was homesick from school when i was a little kid this was always on tv
1: right and
2: it used to scare the fuck out of me and like looking back now like i i i looked it up on youtube and watched it again like when i was <laughs> Uh, when I was like doing you know writing this stuff like after we did this song and I was like this it's ridiculous it's this stupid like you said a dumb like bird puppet but when I was a kid it scared the fuck out of me yeah. and um yeah for some and I just found like I just thought it was actually just it just really sort of encapsulated that experience of of the trauma that I went through so if if, if anybody uh, hasn't heard Jabberwocky or doesn't know the story behind it I wrote this song about a really fucked up ex- experience that I had. Um, I was I was sexually assaulted in Berlin during Red Hook's first ever European tour. And the way that I dealt with that was that I didn't really deal with it. I sort of convinced myself, like I, I had to sort of deny it, deny that it had happened and convince myself it was like a dream. Um, because we were on tour. Like it happened right. one night the next, the next morning. To get in the van drive to another country and load in and play a show and so I couldn't process what I couldn't allow myself to process what had happened because I would have gone to pieces so I just like denied it and um that metaphor of the Jabberwocky and Alice in Wonderland that specific movie is it's kind of like um it's it just keeps sort of popping up in Wonderland whenever Alice is doing something random and just to scare the fuck out of her like at just random points in time and the way that she's finally able to vanquish it at the end is kind of by sort of standing up to it and being like I don't believe in you you don't exist like I you know like sort of that sort of mind over matter like I'm more powerful than this manifestation of my childhood fears so and that's kind of kind of what the experience of that trauma for me was like because even though I didn't consciously uh, acknowledge it or process it, and I kept pushing it away it would just rear up and kind of like attack me at random times when I was least expecting it Um, so yeah I felt I felt like um, that monster analogy was 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 very very apt for that and the funny the the craziest thing about that song is because because I just out of necessity like I I denied myself from processing that trauma Um, when we got back to Australia after that tour like I was just it had just become habit like it had just become like it's not like I could sort of dredge it back up I just chose not to and it wasn't actually until I wrote that song that I really, actually confronted it and processed it in a healthy way. Right. And um, and yeah. And now I now I can talk about it and laugh about it. We're well, not really laugh. <laughs> well, I guess I don't know. <laughs> but not yeah, in it, a
0: not in a true humor way, but yeah, like it,
2: it, like oh, that was a hilarious thing that happened to me, kind right. of way. But you know, it's um, yeah. So I mean, writing that song um it was kind of it was very therapeutic in a way that I didn't expect it to be because I thought I was fine like I was just like yeah I'm over this like yeah um and then when I was writing it I was like oh fuck no actually I haven't actually ever dealt with this healthily. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it's it's incredible like the, the duality of this but the the power of the mind isn't insanely high and like Like Mm -hmm. you said, I can, I can take this, I can put it in a box. I put it in the back of my mind and I'm never going to look in that box again. It is gone. I'm done with it. And then Mm -hmm. walking down the street, you know, hearing the same song or whatever it is, you know, that random smell, a car passing by all of a sudden it's like, Oh fuck. Like what's happening.
2: Literally, literally. And it's weird. It's like, um, with trauma, I, and I'm, I'm sure anybody who's, you know, experienced any kind of like great trauma in their life will relate to this. It's like, even if your mind denies it, your body remembers. So I would have these, even though I'd just like, like you said, put it in the box and shovel it on the box and throw the box in the fire. Um, little things like that you know, when you're just going about your day and you're not even thinking about, you're not thinking about any of that shit, you've got other stuff on your mind and then something will happen. And it's like, you have this intense physical reaction that you cannot control, which is, yeah, which is very bizarre and, and very strange because, you know, and it, and it's scary because you realize you're not in control, like right. you're not in control of it. And, um, yeah, that was, that was definitely a big thing that I had to confront and, and process like, you know, years after the fact.
0: Yeah. And, you know, even, I think it's important for people to to realize that even if you didn't put it in a box and shove it to the back of your brain, even if you confront it right away after a trauma happens, like there are going to be these triggers that mm-hmm. you cannot control. And I mean, it'll range from just a, oh, that's fucked kind of thought, like, to I'm paralyzed I don't know what to do my you know like panic attack anxiety whatever it is it can mm-hmm. manifest insanely large and I think it's especially like it's always scary but it's especially scary the first time because you don't make the connection that okay this is triggering that like yeah it was just a car drove by like it backfired what what was yeah. that you know
2: and you're like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Like, am I like losing my mind? And yeah. yeah, that's it. And that's why, yeah, that's why it's so important to, you know, do the do the self-care, to seek help, even even if it is hard. Like, you know, we, I think, again, like, I think we're still, we have like a, a little bit of a hangover from the previous generation where, um, you know, we are like, uh, like here in Australia, it's that mentality of, I oh, just, you know, suck it up, you know, like yeah. life, you know, it could be worse. At least you're not like starving in, you know, some third world country, like, and, you know, we have that sort of, we put that pressure on ourselves, like oh my problems are just, you know, it's nothing like I can deal with this, but like, we have to, I think we all just need to be kinder to ourselves and especially if we've been through something traumatic and give ourselves that acknowledge what happened to us and give ourselves that space to experience you know the trauma reactions acknowledge it and then you know get get help just get right. support whether it's from people we love or or from professionals to to help us like figure out you know the t- the tools that we need to to process that and that's the, That's really the only way, the only way to to really kind of heal properly from yeah. any of that shit is to just face it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I I think you know, I don't know if you experienced this, but kind of going back to when we were talking about um, the minimalization of trauma and whatnot. In a lot of cases, when someone is sexually assaulted, and thank God survives that seems to be the argument that people try to make to him is like, well, at least you're still alive. And it's like, okay, but, but that doesn't make the other part any less fucked up. I hate,
2: I hate, I hate that so much. I hate that so much. And like, it's like, you can do that with anything, right? Right. It's like any, any fucked up thing that happens to you. It's like, you can always sort of keep compare it like say oh it could be worse it's like that is such a fucked up thing to say it's such a fucked up mentality and it just it minimizes it minimizes everything it's like oh you know like (laughs) like this traumatic thing happened to you well you know at least like you know you weren't you, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you you didn't lose your like, leg. It's okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's just, it's it's so, it's so, it's so stupid. It's can we, can we just, can we just not do that? Can we just like, right. can people just stop doing that? It's, it's you know, it, it it's so unhelpful to to tell somebody, especially if they're reaching out to you about their trauma or something fucked that they're going right. through. It's not helpful to to just say, oh, well, your pain could be worse so it's just it's really it's really because the underlying message of that is just kind of is just like suck it up
0: yeah well I think no it's not and I had a, a conversation with a girl on this podcast named Mel Taven and we've been trying to when we talk about mental health and mental illness instead of calling it an illness we talk about it as mental injury instead for the fact that this and i'm going to tie it into what we're just now talking about because when you say injury people imagine a physical thing right like yes. i got shot in the leg that's an injury or whatever and you're more potentially more likely to help someone that's injured if they have a broken arm oh i can carry your groceries for you yeah but if you oh i'm i have a mental illness it's like oh okay but yeah. if I have a mental injury, oh well, you know, what's going on? Like there's Indeed. a little more it buy-in implies, to it.
2: Implies, yeah, I, lo- I I love that. I love that so much because it also implies that it's something that you can heal from. Right. As well. With yeah. rehabilitation and you know, the the proper medical treatment. And it's and it's so like, and I've said this, I've said this to when I've, you know, had conversations with friends who have been going through, you know, mental health stuff and you know, and because there is like, even like, you know, with like my generation, like there's still that stigma and that fear of, of getting help because mm-hmm. you feel like you're weak. And I, you, and I usually use that. It's like, well, dude, like if you broke your leg, you would go to the doctor.
0: Right. So
2: why is your mental health any different? So, yeah, I think that's a, be- that's a beautiful, um, beautiful way to put it. I love
0: yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the part that made me think of it was when you said you know like the or when we were talking about the oh it could be worse it's like you wouldn't walk up to somebody that had just been shot in the leg and be like well at least they didn't shoot you in the chest like okay dick but that doesn't make this any better
2: literally oh my gosh what is that mentality man it's so like it's so bullshit
0: It, it really is um if you're okay with it, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you go through tour, you put it in the box, you get home, you write about it. When that box gets opened and you're writing, how does that process of healing start for you? Obviously, the song was cathartic in its own right, but like taking it all out of that box and going, okay, like I can rationalize this, I can, you know, I can understand where this is triggers. Like, how did you break that apart, if you will?
2: Um, It was, it really, really was a process. And I don't think I, like, it was, I guess, with, like, the lyrics and stuff. I mean, this is a kind of a cliche thing to say. But they really did just come, that was, like, in terms of writing that song, like, they really did just come pouring out. And it was, like, I, I sort of confronted there were, and there was so many layers to it. It wasn't just the trauma. It was like the fact that I was, cause I hadn't told, like, I mean, I, I'd barely told anybody that this happened yeah. to me. Only like the, my, the closest people in my life and all, and this was, and I wrote Jabby, like it was probably, it was, there was probably about two years between when it happened or like, you know, one or two years between when it happened and when I, started writing this song Mm -hmm. and I felt compelled to write the song actually not for me because in my head when I started writing it I was like well I'm fine like I'm over this but I feel like I felt like I needed to write about it like to put it out there for other especially women um, in this scene because I like when it happened um, I it was like probably the first time in my life that I'd been through something that I couldn't find a song that helped right. me because there wasn't there wasn't a song um, at least in the kind of these, these genres of music that like I couldn't find one right that that really spoke to me and to that experience and I was like well this is something that happens to so many women like every like it's actually terrifying like every single woman I know has a story they have yeah. a story like, they're varying degrees of you know like fucked upness but it it like everyone has at least one story and i thought i was just like isn't that insane that it's such a common experience that we all share and and yet there's there isn't like a, a a song that really speaks to that so i felt kind of like a tremendous amount of um responsibility to write about it but i went into it thinking like i'm i'm fine i can write about this like i've i've been through it and then it was yeah that process of kind of opening up the box and like um and really facing what had happened and how that made me feel and yeah that was um like I didn't I didn't expect that and I was terrified I was actually I was so terrified to even when the song was done and I was terrified to to release it. I was so scared. And I think it, part, part of that was um, this fear that, um, like, I think like with, with Red Hook and when I'm on stage, I, it, I kind of shift into this persona where I get to be like this psycho badass, right? right? And I was terrified that in putting this song out there and writing about that, that would undermine that persona that I'd built for myself and that I right. like, um, and that it would, you know, cause I didn't want to be seen like a, as a victim, I didn't want to be seen as weak, but it was, um, yeah, it was incredible that it was really, really the opposite, like it putting this out there and and especially the fact that it's it's resonated with so many people and it's helped them and it's had such a positive impact on them. Um, it's I feel like it's the most important thing I've ever done like it's the most important song I've ever released is, and yeah and that oh <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> no you're fine Absolutely
2: yeah um, fine. But, yeah it's it's just been um, it, it's I, I, don't, I don't even have words it's yeah. it's just been incredible
0: yeah and Again, looking at the U.S. statistics because they're easier for me to find. um, (laughs) (laughs) 41.8% of women as of a 2023 study have experienced some form of sexual assault in the U.S. alone. And like, if that number doesn't absolutely make you sick to your stomach, there's a big fucking problem.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's so crazy. And I didn't realize... Like I mean, because it, it's like I mean, it, in a similar way to like depression and anxiety and and, and the, those you know um, intrusive thoughts of suicide and all of those things that we struggle with because of the stigma, it's so isolating. Like I like I told you, like with this with this experience that I had, until I wrote this song, I didn't talk about it to to almost anyone except my a few of my very very close friends. Like I didn't tell my family. Like and. It, and and it's in a similar way it's like oh fuck like we've or we all share these same fucked up experiences yet we don't talk about them and we all suffer alone and it's like that um I think it's a line in inarticulate it's like strange how we all suffer together thinking we all suffer alone yes. and it's because it's it's just mind-blowing it's like we're all united by these fucked up experiences that we all have and they're still happening because enough isn't being done to address them and the yeah. only way that that is going to change is for us to to talk about it and it's like not and I mean you know it's with sexual assault it, it's not it's it, it's hard it's not like you, you know you have to talk about this fucked right. up thing that happened to you because you don't you don't
1: no. but
2: we, like nobody's under any pressure to, to tell their story unless slash until they are ready but it is still important that, you know, we should, and and that's one thing that I found with Jabberwocky is like, I can't tell you how many people have, you know, come up to me at shows or, or messaged me on social media to say like, oh my gosh, like this, like, thank you for this. This has actually inspired me to finally tell my story. And you can see that. And I, like, I've seen it, like the, the positive impact or the, the empowering impact that that has when people Do speak up about their experiences. It makes other people feel like it's okay to talk about theirs, because I think a lot of the time it's that fear that cripples us from talking about it, and that fear of being judged, and fear of people thinking we're weak, or that we're like, you know, or that we should just suck it up, or at least we haven't been shot in the leg, like, (laughs) some shit. Yeah. And like, uh, and the only way that's gonna change is for for more of this. Again, like, just all of us. You know, ha- having the bravery to to speak about our our own shit when we're ready to, and and hopefully that empowering other people to do the same.
0: Yeah, and I I think you know bragging on you a little bit here, but <laughs> when it when it comes from you know a a badass on stage too, that people they like, look up to you and go, shit, like this incredible badass woman something terrible happened to her she's moving on like i can do that too like now i have more motivation to to process my story and move forward
1: yeah
2: i mean well thank you <laughs> and um yeah i hope and i hope so i mean like if if i can if i can the music that we make and in, in the story that i've told can do that for even just one person it's fucking worth it it's like it's it just makes it makes everything everything worth it,
1: yeah. And, and that's
2: I, I, mean, I think that's the most that is the most powerful thing that we can do as musicians, and to have a you know whatever platform I have like whatever voice I have and use it to be able to create that positive change for someone else in their life. Like that is when music is at its most powerful and its most badass is right. is, is is when it can do that. And yeah, I feel very privileged to yeah. be to be in that position
0: for sure and i think you know i've i've said it on both my podcasts before that you know there's different measures of success obviously we all want the commercial level of success and <laughs> never have to worry about money again or whatever but <laughs> it is absolutely Dream. right <laughs> but like legitimately and i i don't think i'm speaking out of turn or putting words in your mouth that like even if you made no more money from another red hook song to know that i've positively impacted someone potentially saved a life that's worth more than any money that could ever come to me
2: oh 100. you can you cannot put a price on that shit you you just you just can't like it's yeah i mean it makes it it makes it all worth it like if you can if you can change one person's life for the better by doing something you love that's 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 it man like that's why that's why we do this that's why and that's like and I mean I'm sure you're much the same it's like music has always played that role for me in the darkest times of my life like I can point to a song or like a band or an album Mm -hmm. that has gotten me through has carried me through has been the light in the dark has has, you know, you know and you, people say like, you know, it saved my life, but in a way, you know, it, it has. It's like yeah. having that connection and being able to feel like you are not alone and that someone out there understands what the fuck you're going through. That is, it's worth so much. It's like, it cannot be understated, the importance that music, and again, particularly these genres of music, yes. I don't know what it is, but it's like, have people who listen to, to heavy music and pop punk and it, it it's just it just seems that music is so much more intrinsically kind of woven into our dna it's so much yeah. a part of who we are it defines us like it's part of our personality um it's not just something we listen to you know just to right. sh- 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 giggles like it's, yeah. it's who we fucking are so it's yeah it's so important
0: it, it absolutely is and it's I've, I've said that to several friends that like, I may not always, and I'm pretty good with my words, but I may not always have the words to express how I feel, but I'll find a song that will, you know, like same thing. Yeah, I've, I've exactly. sent songs to people and I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm in my head today. This is where I'm at, you know? And like, I'll send a song or whatever. Um, yeah. and it's
2: that is so great.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. The old, the old MySpace thing, right? AOL instant yeah. messengers away yeah. message. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but i i think too within that you know it it does the quote-unquote mainstream world at least here in the u.s views the heavy music scene as these angry fuckers you know like it's dangerous to go to the show whatever and it's like i've never felt more safe music (laughs) yeah i've never felt more safe at a show than at a pop punk or a heavy metal show like it's Mm -hmm. we're all here for the same reason we all connect with this thing we all love this thing I as a music journalist and photographer I have seen more fights at pop or country shows than I ever have at a metal show like it is insane
2: literally no I agree and you know you there's always a few duds in like any kind of scene but for the most part like yeah I totally agree it's like you know going to like there's a there's this kind of this could sound really wanky, but there there is this real sense of magic and a real sense of belonging and community when you were when you go, you know, you go to a show and you go to experience live music because it's a it's a you know it's an expression of again our identity of and there's this huge this massive sense of community of like all these people wearing black t-shirts or whatever, <laughs> or we're all there like together experiencing it together and yeah it's it's really really beautiful and like that some of my like the greatest experiences of my life have been at, at shows
0: yeah and I've I've said as as cliche as it sounds I've told friends before like I am rarely as happy as I am when I'm at a concert like
2: literally at a concert
0: is the like best like place church, in the world
2: it's like church for emos man right like, <laughs>
0: it absolutely is yeah. um i think this is a great time for us to segue speaking of live music let's talk about some of the badass shit you're doing you are going out with the smashing pumpkins to finish up a little bit of their australian run what oh, the yeah. fuck is happening there you know
1: dude i'm
2: so excited it's like i can't i can't believe we're gonna be sharing the same with the fucking smashing pumpkins man like bucket list shit so it's like it it kicks off in a couple of days yeah so um, i'm shitting myself but i'm so excited they're doing this um it's like this their own sort of festival it's called the world is a vampire Mm -hmm. fest and there's like and james addiction are playing and there's wrestling showcases it's gonna be wild i'm so excited yeah
0: Yeah. it's nuts and you know it made me think minus the wrestling i thought of like old school warp tour like oh, it's a music festival, but there's are skateboarders and stuff, you know, like, yeah. this is really rad. And then when I saw this tour announcement pop up, I'm like, holy shit, Billy Corgan's taking some of his NWA guys to go wrestle at a yeah, music dude. show? What the
1: fuck?
2: In Australia, man. I know. It's so, it's so wild. And like, yeah, I, lo- I love that because, I mean, growing up, Warp Tour was like, I wanted to play Warp Tour so, so bad and now yeah. it's dead. So... I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I am hope. I don't know what the, what the, if there's any updates with Warped, but I saw. Nothing I, I've seen. <laughs> yeah, they did a fucking, a really sadistic, um, April Fool's Day, mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm.
2: That, yeah, that got me for a second. I was like, what? And then I looked at some of the bands and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: April yeah.
2: Fool's.
0: Because again, the time thing. difference
2: thing. Because it. it was April second here when I saw right. it, so I was in <laughs> April Fool's mode.
0: <laughs> yeah, but well, and, and Kevin Lyman is the type of mad genius that absolutely would resurrect it for a year or two. You know what I mean? Like, all right, let's do one more or whatever. And it's like, bro, don't don't toy with our fucking emotions. You know, like this is <laughs> this is big. Um, the other announcement that just came out not too long ago, uh, as in, I think yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. You guys are hitting mm-hmm. the UK with fucking Stand Atlantic and
1: yes. beauty
0: school dropout and just fucking going to kill it. So what's happening here?
2: Dude, yeah, no, I'm so excited. Like, yeah, like the stat guys are like really good mates of ours and we've um been wanting to tour together for ages. So we're so bloody excited to be to be doing it in um in the uk and europe and yeah really excited to see beauty school drop out as well like so much hype around that band and they're so sick so i yeah i cannot wait it's gonna be gonna be so much fun and i really really hope that we can get to the u.s soon i mean everybody keeps asking us about it and i want to go so so bad and we've we've had like some offers and stuff but it's your visa laws, man. I know it's bullshit. It's such bullshit. It's I, such bullshit. <laughs> it's so I, I literally because I want to go so bad, man. Yeah,
0: I literally just had Jake on from uh, between you and me. They're coming over and doing a run with knuckle puck and Real Friends, and I was like, you don't have to give me the exact dollar, but we were talking about being DIY and blah blah blah, and he's like, uh, we're basically ten thousand in the hole before we ever touch the ground in the u.s to get there yeah and that's well, it's that's with it's, hit, it's just the band and a photographer that's not bringing any road crew they're doing all their own stuff
2: yeah that's that's so that's so so wild it's um and that's the reason why we haven't because like just to put it in perspective i'll give you a fucking dollar amount i don't care um <laughs> but, so for us um just to get the working visa to be able to come over and this is just for the for the four of us in the band um to be able to get the working visas to be able to come over and play shows is sixteen thousand dollars australian that's before flights that's before you know accommodation van hire crew all that um which is insane and whereas like to go to uk and europe we don't have to you don't have to worry about that working visa stuff like you just need you just need to pay and we're independent we've always been independent and um it's and it's a delicate thing because we're you know we're doing like we're like the growth is there and we can see like it's it's working really really well for us which is why we've you know sort of turned away a lot of a lot of deals because we don't want to get in into debt we're not in any debt right. we're um you know, we're growing sustainably, but to tour the U S would be such a huge financial hit that it would put us in immense amounts of debt. So where it sucks because we want to come over there so bad. And I believe that we will, and hopefully soon, (laughs) but we, we need to, we're building, we're trying to build ourselves sustainably and we can't tour the U S until we're in a financial position to be able to sort of invest that massive chunk of money. Yeah. Um, yeah which is it sucks it sucks i hate like the fucking business side of all this man yeah. like i just want to come over there and play but and
0: it, yeah it's it is it's so insane and that's why like when i was talking to jake about it we were obviously pushing the shows and stuff and we're like what you guys don't realize you know to land here we're 10 dollars in debt by the time we get to your city like if we don't come this is a huge thing in the u.s and i fucking hate kids for doing this if you don't go to a show in their specific city, like, oh, why didn't you come to Chicago? Or, you know, like, (laughs) bro, I was 45 minutes down the fucking road. You could have drove. And like, we were trying to make that point that like, especially for bands like you guys, anyone from Australia, overseas, anywhere, really, when they're here, don't miss the opportunity to see them because it is A, insanely expensive for them to get here. B, it may be, Fucking years before they can get back and see, especially you guys, uh, you know, between you and me, things like that, like we're DIY. So this is our money that has been put out on the table. Um, come yeah. buy a t-shirt. Like the ticket's cool, but buy a t-shirt, drop a dollar yeah. in the tip jar. Like it, it's just it, it's mind-blowing how many people. And I was telling telling Jake, like, I'm gonna go to the last night of the tour. Um, and it's like a th- two and a half, three hour drive, and he's like, "Bro, we have people in Australia that won't even do that," you know, like,
1: wow, yeah, it's insane.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not that's it's it's nuts, and I mean it's, I mean, I feel like you guys are pretty, I mean, what you guys are pretty lucky in the sense that like there are so many i guess you guys have access to so many amazing shows right. and there's so many amazing tours whereas the scene in australia is a lot smaller yeah so i kind of understand in a way it's kind of like you know the economy's shit right you got to be careful you spend like everybody's struggling right now but i think yeah that's freaking amazing that you're driving three hours to see biom yeah. They're so good. Have you seen they them are. before?
0: Uh not live. I've I've only obviously seen like videos, but I've not seen them live. So I'm stoked for it.
2: Yeah, they're sick. Love those guys. Yep.
0: Um, and on the, the DIY thing, they're a prime example of someone that signed to a label. Uh they were with Hopeless, and they've mm. since terminated their contract and everything. And Jake said, like, not knocking hopeless, but we're in a better position now than we ever were on a label because it's all us. It's organic. Yeah. It's all coming back to us. Um, obviously, there's little bits of fees for other things, but um, yeah. it, it's much more sustainable, ironically, to not be on a label because you're not paying back the bank, if you will.
2: Literally. Yeah. And it's funny because um. It, <laughs> it's been, it's been this kind of strange yet validating, um, experience with Red Hook, because when we first sort of came out, like, we shopped our debut EP, Bad Decisions, around to a few labels, and I think the industry, um, the industry didn't really get us, because they couldn't really put us in a box, and they were like, what is this, like, what, like, what are you, And and we're just, like, we're, we're Red Hook, we, you know, why are you trying to they're like yeah but are you like are you a pop punk band like are you a heavy band it's like we're both dude like right why, do we, why are you telling us we need to like fit into this little genre box that you understand and like we just had this like the feedback was just like no we, we don't get it like but now that they've you know we've they've seen us grow so much since we released this ep a lot of them are coming back and offering mm-hmm. us deals now and we're like, well, we don't need you now. Like, where right. you know, they're like the like our streaming and everything. We've grown this organically by ourselves to this point where we are making money, man. Like, it's where we're putting it. Like, we you know, we invest everything back into the band. Right. But it's again, it's sustainable. It's sustainable and it's growing. And like we've been turning down a lot, <laughs> a lot of deals, <laughs> a lot of even like big big money deals that and it's scary it's scary because it's like you know someone offering you all this money up front and it's tempting because you know we're still fucking struggling artists but it's you know we're we're making the choice the scary choice to back ourselves and back that we can keep growing this ourselves and um see where see where this crazy ride takes us yeah. Because um, it's work. It's working so far. And I mean, yeah, like, I mean, the, the, the downside is it'll probably take us a little while longer to be able to get to the US, but I reckon, <laughs> but we're going to get there. I believe yeah. we will get there. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for next year.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's obviously just a matter of time. And um, to put it in perspective for people on the streaming side of things for you guys, you are over, as of us talking right now, 366,000 monthly listeners on Spotify alone and you know like not knocking that by any stretch because it's an incredible feat but what I think casual fans or listeners don't understand is they see that number and they're like oh they must be doing really well and it's like no because the payout on streaming is dog shit so that's like $43 a month is what they're making here
1: (laughs)
2: ah uh, streaming yeah I mean it, it's like it, it could be better but it's you know it's not it's not it, too too bad like, it, right it's, it's not, not
0: literally 43 dollars guys like it's, it's
2: not a month. I mean it could definitely be better but it's it's definitely like it's not a it makes a big difference right the, the, the money the the streaming money and it's like yeah and the, especially like with the growth that we've seen like even in the past like year or two it's um it's good it's like it helps (laughs) yeah
0: and you know I think the important thing though is for maybe specifically for those of us in the U.S. uh you guys do have a merch shop so shameless Mm -hmm. plug here go to the merch shop even though you aren't going to see Red Hook for a year maybe shirts and (laughs) shit to wear to the show and have Emmy sign them 100% I'll
1: sign anything (laughs)
0: awesome Um,
2: as long as it doesn't be canceled (laughs) right
0: (laughs) which in today's culture could just be a t-shirt who knows
2: yeah well i don't think look i promise none of the red hook t-shirts will get you canceled right (laughs) they're all there they're on the i think yeah you go to spotify there's like a link get yourself mm -hmm. some threads yeah it'll be a good time
0: it will be and i think you know for those that are lucky enough to see you coming around Australia with the, the Smashing Pumpkins, don't wait. Those tickets have been going insane, uh, super quick, selling out some shows. Uh, and the UK, I think, is going to be the same because I think they're itching for Stand Atlantic to get back there. They want to see you guys now too. Like, it's going oh, to yeah. go very fast.
2: We're so excited. I love the UK and Europe. So yeah, if you been wanting to get Back there for the past since we came back last time. So, right. yeah, yeah, it's going to be super, super fun. And I imagine like the tour shenanigans are going to be cooked.
1: It's going to be great. Oh, I bet.
0: I bet. I did hear a story <laughs> talking about tour shenanigans really fast. I did hear a story. I was listening to a podcast that you were on fairly recently uh, about a shoey incident. Why are Australians oh. so fucked and doing shoeys?
2: dude it's so stupid like (laughs) I did and this is I'm assuming this is just an Australian thing right like uh regular I've never seen anybody
0: drink a beer out of a shoe
2: (laughs) it's so stupid it's so cooked and yeah the story was like I got peer pressured into doing a shoey, on like and it was I shouldn't have done it but I was like I was saying no 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 and my stupid bandmates just kept like Playing until I and I was like you motherfuckers, all right? And I just did it anyway. I got like gastro for a week after we came back, and I was like, "Fuck you guys, <laughs> never again." Do not drink a beer out of his shoe. She was a shoe. Shoes are so unhygienic and disgusting and filled with bacteria. Just don't do it. It's yeah. the stupidest, stupidest like cultural thing. It's yeah. not even a cultural thing. Like that is, it's just stupid. Don't do it. Don't yeah. chug beer out of a shoe.
0: Again, and I've never seen anywhere else that does it, but it blew my mind, like the first time I saw, I don't even remember what band it was, but the first time I saw it I'm like, are they just like going for shock value like what the fuck was the point of it, like I, I still can't wrap my head around what is the point of doing it.
2: I do like I honestly cannot tell you it's just this bizarre (laughs) cultural thing but also there's like this big backlash against it like you see people on Twitter because like whenever international artists come out some idiot in the crowd will start a shooey chant like Mm -hmm. shoey, 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 and then like there's always backlash it's just because it's embarrassing it's like embarrassing man (laughs) like I mean look I'll do it if you if it's like a brand new shoe Sure. whatever I'll, I'll drink the beer out of the shoe but if some random hands you a fucking shoe off their foot like forget about it man you yeah. don't know what kind, like you fucking drinking someone's foot fungus like right. ew yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so disgusting do um, <laughs> yeah not worth it ever i say ever if there's like a million dollar check tied to it, maybe do the shoey, but
2: maybe, maybe, <laughs> right? But yes, yeah, too. The gas trip <laughs> <room> wasn't fun. <laughs> right,
0: right. Um, Emmy, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. So let's kind of do the the standard outro, right? I want you to. I'm obviously going to link all your socials and everything. But where can people find you? What's the best way to interact? And then obviously, getting out to see you at a show
2: yeah for sure um so all across socials we are at we are red hook um yeah if you want to chat choose dm check out the music on spotify or wherever you stream your tunes the new album's dropping next week april 21st it'll be out everywhere debut album we're so excited and yeah i hope you dig it
0: yeah sure planning on having this up in time for that so I think this is going to go up on Monday the seventeenth in America. So probably uh, either that night or the eighteenth, because you're a time traveler, uh, <laughs> you and your witchcraft. But uh, <laughs> I, I again, I appreciate you having this conversation and and being so open and vulnerable with your story. Because I do think, um, again, these conversations, like we've said are what's going to move that needle from this is a stigma to this is normal to we can repair and help. Um, And I think, you know, it's, it's incredible to see you using your platform so heavily for it. um, And not, not only hiding behind the the words and the metaphors, you know, it's, it's very real and true with you.
2: Thanks so much for having me, Josh. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been like, really awesome to be able to chat about all this stuff it, it really does mean a lot to me so I really appreciate you having me
0: yeah absolutely that's everything I've got for you so you go enjoy your day I am probably going to get ready for bed here
1: soon
2: <laughs> <laughs> well uh, sleep tight my friends and, and yeah hopefully um hopefully we'll get to hang out with you in real life sooner rather than later
0: yeah, I mean, who knows? It's probably cheaper for me to get a ticket and fly to the UK and see you at a UK show than <laughs> we'll it is for you to get here. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, definitely looking forward to it, though. We'll absolutely, whenever you get to the States, I will find a show that that I can make. So,
2: hell yeah, awesome, dude. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Emmy. And that was my conversation with Emmy Mack. Um, her band Red Hook is. Releasing their album "Postcards from a Living Hell," and I just want to again huge shout out to her for taking the time, working with the schedule, um, with them being in Australia and time traveling, and being you know twelve or fourteen hours ahead of time. Sometimes it can be a little bit weird um, to line up the the schedules, but we got it all taken care of. So, um, you know, again. The level of vulnerability and honesty that Emmy has shown through this conversation, but her music and any time that she interacts with fans, from what I've seen and what I've heard, um, she she doesn't hold back her authenticity um, and the truth to her story and. I think it's just really empowering. Um, I kind of made the comment and the the conversation there as well that you know, so often, uh, when people think of pop punk, they think of the the whiny boy, whatever. You know, my girlfriend left me, um, kind of the the emo country uh, feel to it or whatever. Um, but when when women or female presenting artists are at the forefront and telling their stories, there's something beautifully empowering about it. And people seem to latch onto that because they start to see themselves as a reflection of the song. And, um, I really think red hook is in a prime position to empower a lot of people to tell their stories, to be honest and open with the people around them. And if nothing else, they make badass music that everybody can fucking enjoy and have fun with. Uh, So, again, huge shout out to her. As always, I will link all their socials and everything. I will also have a link to the Australian Rolling Stones article that she did um, that kind of recounts her sexual abuse story and... um, you know, please feel free to read that. Spotify specifically is letting us do this thing now, where we can ask questions on the uh, podcast episode in the app. I will have a question up, so please be sure that you go over, answer that question if you could. Uh, it would be super cool for me to to see and and. A, see how it, (laughs) how it works, but B, it'll help, you know, I'm, I'm going to be using those questions and things to, um, tailor the content a little bit and things like that. So, um, be sure you go follow Red Hook everywhere. We'll have all of the stuff on our Instagram and, and Facebook as well. So be sure you follow You Make the Scene. Um, and I think, on this particular episode, obviously you can be as, as open as you want. Um, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I think it would be really cool to let Emmy just know that you appreciate her and her telling her story and being open and honest. Um, so let's, Let's use black heart emojis. Let's use um, maybe a hashtag me Too Emmy or something like that um, to kind of show that solidarity, because I think it would just be dope for her to know just how impactful her music is. And um, I think she gets it. I know she gets it, but it would just be a really cool showing of support. So. That's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. I really appreciate everything you do for me. I do want to bring more and more uh, episodes of Musicians for Mental Health. Um, If you're still listening to this, basically the, the short version of the answer is, ironically, it's a lot of management and PR that kind of holds us back on it because... They don't necessarily think or want artists to um, be as as transparent as this conversation gets sometimes. And I think they get a little bit nervous um, that if the story gets told that, you know, it becomes a PR nightmare or something and that's just not true and we know it. But um, I do have a lot of artists that are... We're in the talks, we're just figuring out stuff to get them on, so there will be more episodes. I want them to be um, more frequent, even if it's just one a month, or, you know, whatever. I was shooting for two a month, um, and kind of have just hit a roadblock with that, but definitely going to be bringing you more episodes um, as quickly as I can, and... Again, I'm just really looking forward to it and appreciate everything that you guys do for me. So, as always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.